Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Parise of Copper Beach Financial Group. If you're just joining us and you didn't happen to listen to the previous podcast, that was part one. This is a two-part series uh, that John and Michael are doing. I'm going to let them explain where this came from, but uh, you, you want to go back and listen to that part one. You can certainly listen to this one first and then go back as it doesn't matter what order, but it's a lot of great information. So please go back and listen to that. John and Michael, how are you guys? Doing well, Eric, how are you today? I'm doing great. Glad to be back. Yeah, fantastic. I, I'm glad to be back because you kind of stopped in the middle of your list. You got, you've got 10 things that you're covering. Uh, why don't you remind the audience uh, what you're covering today? Sure. We added 15 more. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Be part five of the top 10. No, um, A lot of people are angry, Eric. <laughs> we had the, so we, we th- thought we'd do a podcast. Uh, it turned out to be two podcasts, but the, the topic is really common concerns that we're hearing about from, from our clients and our families. So we, we tried to distill that down to 10 sort of uniform topics. And, and as you mentioned, Eric, the first podcast covered, I think, around five. I think we got four or five of them done. So here, here we go, part two. Okay, to continue, the first on the list is long-term care. And I'm going to throw that right to Michael. He's our office expert on long-term care. There's a lot of different things we look at from modeling to programs that might assist in long-term care coverages, et cetera. So I'll, I'll, I'll send this one to Michael. Yeah. And this actually dovetails from the topic that we talked about last podcast, which was living too long. That's a, a common concern that, not a concern, it's, as we said, a good thing that we're all living longer, hopefully. But from a financial standpoint, that's a, a big concern uh, for many of our families. And long-term care is related to that. And I, I think this is actually something we should have a whole podcast on. I, I think I agree. It, it's really yeah. that important. But we've had a lot of families over the last probably year, more than more than a couple that have come into our office that are maybe uh, of the baby boomer generation. They've actually had to really basically continue to care for their parents. And maybe the parent has finally passed away. And I've heard multiple uh, of these children come to us and say, I do not want to have my kids go through what I just went through with my parents. What what can we do? And that really is the sort of the impetus for this topic that we're going to talk about here, this, this bullet item called with long-term care. So to start off, I, I would say, first off, before we get into maybe a little bit, some of the, the products and how they can help is really just talk about, get a plan together, talk about who might provide for care um, for you if should something happen to you and you need that long-term care. I think that alone is is the best thing that you can do is to make sure that you at least have that conversation. And it can be a difficult one because nobody likes to think about themselves needing that care, but I think it's so vital. And there's a lot of studies that show, particularly if you're married, and one spouse maybe is relying on the other spouse for care, that that actually can, <laughs> that can, that can have the other spouse needing long-term care very shortly thereafter, which is not a good decision, um, or not a good decision, but not a good result, I should say. And it's unfortunate what happens. So I think having those conversations with your family 
and with your spouse are really important just at, at the outset. Yeah, and one, one of the things that I always think about when I talk about long-term care with families is, is, is on the financial side as well, where not only is the health side important that you're getting the care that you need, it's also who's watching over the finances that that particular elder person is, is involved with. Because as dementia creeps in to, to for many, uh, many older folks in our society, um, they, they're managing their, their finances and maybe not doing it as well as they, they should because they, they're, they're limited in their capacities. So is there a f- financial guardian that's been appointed to aid that particular parent or, or older person mm-hmm. to, to make sure that someone's watching over? Because a lot of things happen along the way that might not be necessarily good when it comes to wealth and, and financial management. So I, w- I would challenge anyone's listening that if you have an elder person in your life and they have a decent amount of finances, make sure there's someone that's in place that either the financial advisor could work with or a family member could work with a financial institution like the bank to make sure that s- someone's watching over the, the affairs of the elder person because if, if left to their their decision process, it might it might not be an advantage. Yeah, that that's a very good point. And I think actually also dovetails into another topic, which is your, your estate plan. I think that's on your list, yes. uh, Dad, as well. And powers of attorney, healthcare directives, those are very, very important documents to have in your estate planning uh, portfolio. And so go back and revisit those as well. And so to add on to that, one of the... Uh, challenges that, as you mentioned, that from a financial standpoint, when it relates to long-term care is really how, how is that going to be paid for? You go back, obviously you're older than I am. You go back with the long-term care. There he care. goes again, Eric. Sorry, I had to, I had to pick it on G1. The long-term care insurance world has changed, changed dramatically. And I remember even, even since I've been in the industry. And so that was for a very long time, how a lot of families were planning on funding their long-term care or if they had need of that long-term care. And that's really changed uh, a lot. We're starting to see a lot of uh, life insurance companies incorporate long-term care riders in some of their life insurance policies. So if you have a uh, life insurance policy uh, in place, you might want to go back and look at some of those riders that you have on that policy, talk with your advisor, because that may be a source of funding if you want to start developing your long-term care plan. And there's also products out there that will allow you to uh, essentially take a deposit, think about a rainy day fund or an, an emergency fund. Maybe you have some cash that's sitting on the side for, again, for that emergency. You can actually, uh, there are products available out there where you can take that deposit, deposit with the insurance company and based on your age and your health, the insurance company will leverage that up from a long-term care benefit standpoint. So they might be able to give you three and a half, four times your deposit in long-term care benefits should you need them. However, it's fully liquid. So if you need that money back, you can get your money back. Or if you pass away, there might be a small death benefit on top of it. So the insurance world is very creative with how they try to build these products. So again, if you're looking at building a long-term care plan, that might be something that you want to look at as well. Yeah, the life insurance term we use is living benefits in a policy. Mm-hmm. So if you have a newer policy, most of them do have 
a piece of that living benefit design. Older policies, unfortunately, they might not. So if you have an old insurance policy, you might be out of luck with that benefit. But if you're in the process of buying insurance, you might want to make sure that it has a lot of living benefit riders to it so you can access it for long-term care, uh, disability, for emergencies of any sort. These policies are really, really dynamic. Again, to Michael's point, the insurance companies have been probably the leading edge of creative ideas of how to protect one's family and and, and one's assets. Uh, the, the the other side of the of Michael just designed is that 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 program. It's really not a premium you pay every year like those older policies where you pay a premium to insurance company for the long term care. This is like a leveraging design where you put a little bit aside, you leverage it up for the benefit, and if you need it, you can have access to it. And if you die along the way, you get that back plus a death benefit. So really creative products out there. Uh, if you want more information, most of us can call our office. We'll, we'll lead you in the right direction. But long-term care is a very, very major conversation we're having with families. And, and it's an obvious reason for that because we're living longer, as we talked about. So a lot of the elder folks that are living with children today are healthy enough where they're in their 80s and 70s, but they ran out of money. So how, how are they being taken care of? So now the, the daughters and the sons and the families are now taking care of these, these elder folks, and it's a challenge to, to manage all that. So again, long-term care is a, is a multifaceted approach, whether it's a financial approach or whether it's a product approach or a family or an institution, that this, it's gotta be looked at. So pay attention to that and start digging deep. Even if you're in your 40s and 50s, you should start thinking about that, uh, only because it starts to make sense to mm -hmm. do so. Well, one thing I want to add there is that in certain cultures, there has been a it's very difficult for them to have this conversation uh, because of the fact that, you know, people that are 40, 50 years old, when they were little, they saw their parents taking care of their grandparents. Uh, usually they saw one parent taking care of their grandparents because historically there was only one person working outside the home. And so by seeing that and watching that and having that person, uh, you know, usually the mom was at home and able to help take care of that elderly person. Now they feel like that's their responsibility as they get older as well. But the, the, the shift has happened. There's usually two people working outside the home at this point, and you can't afford to quit your job to take care of somebody and then have that added expense. And there's a tremendous amount of guilt there. So the conversations aren't happening because they feel like they're responsible. Well, my mom did it for my grandmother. I should be doing it for them. And it's just unattainable a lot of well, times. And, and, and uh, to add to that is, as you know, we're generational advisors. And so we look at a lot of generational dynamics and even among siblings. So very often, let's say that there's maybe one parent that's still alive that needs that care. It, almost nine times out of 10, the child that is closest to that parent is the one that bears the bulk of the responsibility for that for that care and providing it. So now you have sibling dynamics where you might have one sibling that lives across the country or has children, or like you said, Eric, they might have their own career. So again, th that's all the planning and the discussion that really needs to be had just to make sure that, you know, again, we're, we're mostly about family harmony uh, at the end of the day. And this is just one other area that has to be managed. Unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I just, I get to a simple word. It's guardianship, whether it's financial guardianship, medical family, institution, guardianship is a factor involved in this long-term strategy for families. So you're right, Eric, it's a challenge for many families to take on that extent, which is why you should do planning, uh, to, our, to our point. P 
people in their 40s or 50s start thinking about how do I protect my children or what do I have to do to make sure my kids are not uh, uh, not not stuck in that that pinch to take care of me if I get sick and there's no money available. So so planning becomes a, a critical part of that. And I'll dovetail right into the estate planning component. Mike touched on is estate planning is is all all inclusive of that. Uh, your wills, your trusts have to be looked at. Again, the big conversation we're having today most certainly was the potential changes in the tax code. We had a podcast on that a few months ago. Uh, so it looks like that's softened up. Mm-hmm. It looks like nothing's really changing as it relates to the state tax or the state codes. Everything's is as it was, although there are some changes coming up in 2026. But right now, there's not, a, there's not an important urgency to look at it for changes, potential changes, but you should be looking at your estate plan at least once a year, review your documents, and make sure you understand if something has changed, that you change your documents to adapt to that change, or if nothing's changed, at least you're aware of what's going to happen. Because I constantly see kids of family saying, I don't know what my mom and dad's will says. I don't even know what the trust says. Should I not be involved in that? And the answer is yes. So that's why we have family meetings. We bring the kids in to discuss what these trusts do or what the will and will will do upon mom and dad's passing. And it's critical that, that mom and dad take that G1, take that responsibility to teach G2 and so on. So estate planning has become and continues to become a, a hot conversation for our families to make sure they stay on top of it. I can't tell you, Eric, how many families you come across, they say to me, you know what, John, I haven't looked at my will in 20 years. And now I got 14 other grandkids. Should I do something about that? And it, we, it's, it's a little funny to think about that, but people just go on with their lives. It's not their fault. They're busy. They're raising families. They're working their jobs. They work nine to five. It's hard to pay attention to this stuff, which is why I think these podcasts are important to listen to. Hopefully we motivate listeners to do something. Get, get, off, get off the chair and call your advisor, whether it's your lawyer, your CPAs, or your financial advisors, to sit down at least once a year with all three of them and say, how am I doing? And just be aware. Yeah, it's it's critical. I mean, we talk a lot about estate planning on this podcast, and I think that's uh, there's so many topics you can talk about, so many dynamics that are involved in that, and we are hearing that a lot now, particularly in a, in a COVID world that I think – uh, unfortunately, with the pandemic, um, you know, whether it's end of life and those sorts of things maybe are more present in people's minds. But, uh, you know, again, we, we do that with our families at least once a year is to try to review the, the basic terms and particularly at the family meetings that we have. That is almost always a topic in those meetings because it's important to communicate generationally. All right, the next topic, which is my favorite with Michael, is politics. Oh, great. Yes. Because, <laughs> Dad, we have put this on the list. I now. forgot this was yeah. on the list. <laughs> well, we won't spend too much time on the politics, but just, just a couple of messaging around politics. It, it's, it, in Washington, we have, we have a log jam uh, on both sides, and we have a lot of debt in our country. It's got to be addressed. I'm not sure how they're going to address it. But again, you can only control what you can control, and you can hopefully vote for the right people that, that kind of meet your, your view of where the politics should go. But with that said, one thing I know for sure, wherever it's a Republican or a Democratic president, it really doesn't change the economy a whole lot, other than the debt deal side of it. Uh, it. It doesn't change Wall Street that much. It doesn't change anything other than maybe 
tax codes or shifts in, in what happens with fundamental changes in, in benefits that the government gives you. But basically, it doesn't change the financial world that you live in on a daily basis. So politics are important to be paid attention to, but it really doesn't change the dynamics of anything. It just emotionally gets people split between um, Republicans and Democrats. And the only message I'll say is a lot of families have had problems with the shift that's going on. Either you're, if you're a Democrat, you, you have a problem, with, I have a problem with you. If you're a Republican, I have a problem with you. We need to get families back together again. We need to get focused on, hey, politics shouldn't, she shouldn't, um, uh, tell us what kind of family we have. Uh, we should all come together, be honest, upfront with each other, and be respectful of our opinions about about things that are in our society. And that's just the way. That's 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 my quick analysis on politics. Stay away from it. Uh, financially, it doesn't ha change a whole lot with the individual on a daily basis, other than maybe some tax 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 changes, which I'm going to throw to Michael right now. <laughs> the next topic is taxes. Well, our favorite topic. Well, I'll, I'll add to I'll add to the politics side real quick. Uh -oh. Just to, just. To just to add, I, I think Jeremy, Eric, this is scary. <laughs> no, I think I, I think to add to what you said, I th that is troubling when I hear stories of you know families not getting together during the holidays because so and so doesn't like somebody else because of their political beliefs, and that, you know, that's just sad to see. Uh, no matter who you are, what side of the aisle you're on, I think anyway. Um, I, I would I would suggest is to try not to pay attention to the noise as much. I think right. it's it's really hard to, I think, I don't want to say use the term unplug, but I think it's it's hard to avoid a lot of those discussions. And sometimes I think it's just nice to take a breath and, you know, maybe maybe enjoy something, another hobby that you have for, you know, a couple of days and then and then revisit maybe some of the news because yeah, the news cycles are just, it's uh, no matter what you watch or what you read, it can be depressing all the way around. So um, try to try to not pay attention to the noise. That's my suggestion. But uh, taxes. So let's get let's get back to taxes. You actually touched on this, I think, which is a little bit before. A couple of podcasts ago, we we talked about a proposal that was put forth by the House Ways and, Ways and Means Committee on uh, President Biden's uh, at the time three point five trillion dollar spending package. And one of the thing, one of the reasons why we had that podcast, I think we knew that there were things that were in that proposal that were very likely not going to come to fruition, but we felt like it, it was important to bring that up as a topic just so that our audience and listeners were aware of that, they can be informed and go and talk with their advisors on perhaps maybe some things that they should do in their planning in the event that those proposals came to fruition. So what has happened since we recorded those podcasts is, as you mentioned, uh, that a lot of the, particularly the estate planning topics that we had touched on are not actually in the final bill that was passed by the house uh which is which has now since been passed so uh taxes are still up in the air i personally think that there's going to be some additional changes because i think now it's in the hands of the senate and i think that that's going to be a much tougher road to hoe uh for the democrats to get everything that they want this is this is my belief and so I think that there's going to be some continued changes. But again, that is a topic that is coming up a lot in our conversations with clients. And I still think it's important to pay attention to it. And here I am telling people to pay attention to it after I just told everybody to not to unplug a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's particularly for that issue uh, is important to to stay engaged with and, and to pay attention to. Yeah, tax rates are tax rates. We've always had taxes, whether they're high or low. Um, remember the motto we always live by, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. 
So strategically, you have to look at how you're managing the tax hit on your investment accounts, on your retirement accounts, or how you live your daily life. You know, you have to watch what sales tax you're paying, what state state income tax you're paying. If you live in a state, like for example, we live in New Jersey, the state income taxes was almost 10 now, Michael, mm -hmm. nine, seven. Florida's got zero. So why am I not in Florida? Because I got my grandkids here, so I'm, I'm stuck. But but basically, you have to be careful and look at what's happening with your with your taxes and pay attention to it, especially when it comes to your investment accounts. And I refer to them as a non qualified investment account. I mean, it's a non IRA or pension or 401k plan. Those accounts have to watch very closely because any gains you have in those accounts, and there's been substantial gains over the last 12 years, a lot of those accounts, each year you're paying tax on the gains as your broker trades your account, or you have mutual funds that, uh, that have tax uh, projections every year. So you have to start paying attention and talk to your broker and ask him a very simple question. How am I doing on the tax managed side? And what what's my net capacity return on my portfolio? And what I mean by that is, is, is my, my rate of return minus my cost to manage the account minus taxes, minus inflation, what do I have left? And that's the question we should be asking our financial advisors because that goes back to the retirement concern that goes back to the long-term care concern how much money I, am i going to have at the end of the rainbow when i ultimately retire from work do i have enough to live out a comfortable lifestyle for the rest of my life so if you pay more taxes along the way you have a lot less to work with so tax management becomes a critical piece um, to everybody's portfolio design but it, again you can't control what's going on in washington it's you have to pay your freight just just there's there's ways you can get some tax planning maneuvers in place and i would go back to your your cpa your uh, financial advisor and have that dialogue with them yeah. like i don't know if you have any thoughts on that no i think that's that's really important and uh, particularly in light of of where we might be going and and in light of the equity markets being at an all-time high you know that's one thing that also comes up a lot of a lot of families may not want to liquidate some of their existing holdings because they don't want to pay the tax hit because because they have such a high appreciation in their in their portfolios it's actually made them in some ways hesitant to maybe go into a different strategy that they otherwise would want to go into because they don't want to liquidate and pay that pay that capital gain tax we always say you should never let the tax tail wag the dog but sometimes it be, it can be a big tail and you have to pay attention to that the last topic I'm going to edit, we were going to talk about COVID, but I think everyone's fed up with COVID, but it is a, <laughs> is a question that uh, people have talked to us about what, what's changed in the, in, in the financial world with COVID. I'm going to shift it to, to communication. So I think now the holidays are here. Uh, right now it's, it's early December, uh, this podcast uh, day, and, and families are going to get together. The best recommendation I can give to anybody right now is you, you have your families together. It's a good time to have a conversation about a lot of these topics. It's a lot. It's 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 a it's an effort on your part uh, as the as a as a G one or or whatever the, the elderly part of the family is a family leader I leader say, yeah. leadership a matriarch patriarch is the responsibility is now on our shoulders to make sure that we have communication with our with our families about a lot of these key issues the thick concerns that we have 
or concerns you all have about as particularly finances for the family. I'm having a meeting with my, my three little darlings, uh, through the holidays. We're going to update our, our trusts and what we're doing. Decisions Michael I've made from a business standpoint this year. I'm going to bring my girls up to speed, my wife up to speed, what we've done and then, and project out the next three to four years of what our world's going to look like and what our goals are to try to support all the endeavors of the family. So I think because as the holidays are coming up, uh, I think it's a good time. Everyone's going to get together to ha- start having a dialogue. And I would make it a, a yearly habit. We, we, we do that every year with our families that we work with, but a lot of families don't have a copper beach pushing them. So I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a strategy that you should adopt and make it an effort every year to update the family members on what's going on in your world, your health, you know, changes that are occurred in your world, and then how do we adjust to those changes as a family going forward and think about that guardianship leadership role moving forward. Um, we talk greatly with our families about who's the next leader of the family. That's maybe a good discussion to point out that next person is going to step in and, and be responsible to being that, that leader or guardian over the family wealth as an example. So again, uh, my message is have a dialogue, start the process. It's a good time of the year to do it, especially around a fireplace with a good bottle of wine. Right, right, Eric? Absolutely. And I want to echo that you said Gen 1, right? The, the patriarch, matriarch, I, I implore you to to do that because it's it's Michael I mean I know that you're in a specific special situation you work very closely with your father but I think it's very very difficult for Jen to to ask those questions and bring up the topic because well I don't want you know my parents thinking that I'm after their money I don't want my parents thinking that I have my own agenda and so a lot of kids just remain quiet about it until Gen 1 brings it up. So I, I, I absolutely agree with you, John, that it, it's Gen 1's responsibility to start that conversation and lead that. Uh, don't leave it up to waiting for your kids to ask you questions because they may be too shy to do so. Yeah, I think if it's done in a, in a thoughtful and genuine way, I think Gen 1 individuals will be pleasantly surprised by the reaction they get. At least that's been our experience every time or almost every time that we've had a family meeting and, and that's you know maybe been information that's been revealed for the first time to that gen 2 it it normally comes or becomes a more positive experience than maybe gen 1 thought it would be yeah and a quick hint you might want to go back to our podcast on legacy letters uh, yes. that might be a nice time of year to consider bringing that legacy letter thought process into your mind to maybe start that dialogue with the family and start creating that letter. And again, if you need a copy of what a letter might look like, call our office, more than happy to send you a copy. Uh, you go on the internet, there's a bunch of uh, resources you can go to. But basically, that might be a good time as well to start that legacy letter. And that will bring families together every year, make it easier. Let's review our legacy letter as a family and see what's going on. That, that's just my, my year-end messaging. I wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to I'm going to add one more thing. Uh whether you're Gen 1 or Gen 2 listening to this podcast right now, you have a representative representing you at Copper Beach. If you have those questions, if you're like I would really like to bring this up to my parents, call Copper Beach. Michael can help you figure out that, figure out how to do that. If you're Gen 1, you're like I don't even know how to start this discussion with my kids. Call Copper Beach. John's there. Gen 1. <laughs> He'll help you do that. Um so guys, Give them some information so they can reach out to you if they have these questions or concerns or, or any of these 10 items that you've covered over the last two podcasts. Anyone listening can reach us on LinkedIn. Both my father and I have have our own profiles and Copper Beach has its own profile if you want to follow us there. 
You can also uh, reach us on our website, www.cbfgllc.com, and via phone, area code 856-988-8300. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. And and I'm going to echo, John, what you said. Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on this journey with you, learning with the audience. Um, It's always a pleasure. God bless you, my friend. Same to us. Happy, Happy holidays, everybody. And again, thank you to the listener for tuning in and listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast with John and Michael Preece. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC Registered Investment Advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy.